Uh, well, see, students, we just finished a teaching series called Throne Room. We've been talking about how it's all about how to live accessing God's power and his presence, right? Uh, but the hope is that you would live your whole life in God's power and presence, right? And what we don't want is just because that series ended, oh, now I'm not spending my time reading the Bible or praying or, like, getting into God's presence and power, right? And so the new series that we're starting tonight is called Remain. It's called Remain. Say amen. Amen, right? We want you to remain in God's power, in God's presence your whole life. It's not just a Wednesday night thing. It's not just even uh, whenever you read your Bible and, and have some prayer time. It's you can live your whole life remaining in Jesus. And so we're going to be going through this series. We're going to be going through the Gospel of John and learn what Jesus has to say about this. And so I just want to jump right in. John chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. It says this. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Pay attention to that. That frames everything. And if you want to follow along, take some notes on a handout, go ahead and grab that. Jesus knew his hour had come. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So what does he do, right? It, it, it's important that we catch the full context of this scene right now. This, uh, chapters 13 through 17 of the Gospel of John are called the farewell discourse, right? It's the last supper scene. You know that picture where everyone's sitting on the same side of the table and Jesus is in the middle like this, you know? Like, the table for 24, please. There are only 12 of you, right? And so Jesus, this is his final time with his disciples. You have to realize that the very next thing to happen in the story is Jesus is arrested, crucified, raised from the dead, and then he ascends, right, into heaven. After this point, he's no longer going to be in the flesh with his disciples. This is Jesus' last lecture. These are his final words to his disciples, and he knows it. Again, from verse 1, it says, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. This is Jesus' final conversation to get his disciples ready for the next thing. Very soon, their ability and their commitment to Jesus is going to be tested because he's no longer going to be around for them to follow in the flesh, right? So the question is, how are the Christians going to do without Christ in the flesh to follow, right? And he has one conversation left with them. Jesus has been pouring into these 12 followers for two or three years, doing life together with them constantly, teaching them about God, about his kingdom, preparing them to carry forth the good news of the, of the gospel, and this is the final piece that he has to offer them, right? And so this whole conversation revolves around one idea. The disciples are about to go. They're about to go all over the place, right? Literally, from... Judea to Samaria to the ends of the world, it says in Acts, right? They're about to go, literally all over the world. They're going to be facing some embrace, but more persecution. They're going to be facing some success, but a lot of failure, right? How are they going to stay true to Jesus is the question. 
that we're looking at right now. The whole point of this conversation, the final piece Jesus offers, the secret ingredient, is Jesus is basically saying across this whole time, as you go, remain in me. As you go, remain in me. It's a funny duality, right? We are, the disciples and we, we're called both to go and to stay, right? How do we do that? It's because even though we can't be with Jesus in the flesh, we can stay close to him in the spirit. And the same word is being offered to those of us who follow Jesus today. As you go, remain in Jesus. As you go, remain in Jesus. Think about it. We're facing, in some ways, a similar situation to the apostles in that moment. Now we've been given the Holy Spirit, but we don't have Jesus in the flesh to follow around. I've thought about it. That'd be cool, right? We don't have that. We, just even all the people in this room, we are spread out across many different spaces. Schools, fields, auditoriums, digital spaces even. You, when you go throughout your life, you, you go into so many different contexts. Your sons and daughters, your students, your athletes, your musicians, your siblings, right? Some of you are becoming employed. Your employees, right? You're, you're all sorts of things. As you go, how will you remain in Jesus? That's what we are being called to. And so the rest of this series is going to be looking at this final conversation Jesus has with his disciples and finding ways to remain in Jesus as we go to live the lives that he's called us to live. Amen? Amen. So I want to read a few more verses from John chapter 13. So remember, Jesus knows that this is coming. So what does he do? Let's pick it up in verse 4. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Time out. This is not how I thought this would start. Right? I, I'm picturing, you know, standing, having an impassioned speech, you know, motivating them. Jesus starts not by impressing them, but by serving them. That's not how I would have started, but I'm not God. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, stop trying to over-spiritualize this. I mean, unless I wash you, you will have no part with me, Jesus said. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet, bro. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. In this moment, at the beginning 
of this final conversation that Jesus has with his disciples, Jesus is cleansing and instructing his people for what's ahead. But not only that, he's modeling how to live in his kingdom. Verse 15 says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And so this is what I want to tell you guys tonight. Sometimes, if you're anything like me, it's very easy to get to a place of thinking that Jesus is cool and Jesus is right. But it's harder to get to a place where you actually follow him and you actually obey him. It's easy to think that he's right. Like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I agree with that. In other words, it's easy to be a fan of Jesus. It's hard to be a follower of Jesus. And so as we're thinking, looking in this series of ways that we're actually going to remain in Christ, this is the, f- this is the first thing. Just night one, this is the thing I want to offer you. If you want to remain in Jesus, don't just believe what he said, but actually do what he did. Don't just believe what Jesus said, also do what he did. Christians are not just called believers, we are called followers for those of us who are in Christ, right? Seeking to do the things that Jesus did. Don't make it weird. I'm not saying like, I understand Jesus is different. He like died for our sins. That's not what I'm talking about, right? But in some things, Jesus set an example of how we're supposed to live. And we look at that and sometimes we're like, yeah, good thing he was God and he was able to do that. And then we stop there. And we don't actually do the thing. Can I tell you, CA students, if you want to stay true to your faith in high school and beyond, there is nothing that will disillusion you from your faith more quickly than not taking action on it. If you just think good things about Jesus, if you just have fond thoughts of church, but you don't obey God's word, you'll fall away. And I'm, I'm not saying that you need to be good enough. That's not what this is about. We're not earning salvation. We're not earning closeness to God. But the gospel demands a response. It says repent and believe. A lot of us got the believe part down, but have we stepped into repentance? See, students, the only way that we'll remain with God is if we trust him enough to obey him right? Your actions reveal your beliefs. We already mentioned tithing tonight, right? Like if I really believe that God's as generous as he is, and if I really believe all the promises in scripture, then that belief would lead me to the action of obedience and tithing. If I don't tithe, if I don't give, that reveals a lack of belief in my heart. And some of us, like myself, at different times and in different areas of my life, would profess belief but don't have the action to go with it. See, students, if you want to remain in Jesus, it's not about earning closeness with him. He, he earned closeness with you through his perfect life, death, and obedience on the cross. But it is about are you going to make space in your life for this God to be? That's what this comes down to. I just rem- I remember, it's painful to think about, but in high school, I was a nuisance. And I, <laughs> what, 
in one way in particular is I was constant and annoying and dedicated to making sure everyone, that I got credit for things that were done. Group project, I made sure everyone knew my contribution to it, which was probably the most impressive, right? If I had a good game, I told everyone my stats. If I had a PR in track, I made sure to tell people about it. If something went well that I was a part of, I made sure that people knew about it. Jesus talks about this, and he says, if you want to impress people, fine, that can be your reward. But he says that if you want eternal blessing, if you want to really serve, then do it in secret. And God will reward that in an eternal way. And see, students, I'm still not perfect. I still like credit. I confess. I like people to be impressed with me. I'm sorry. And God's still refining me. But I've discovered the freedom of doing holy things in secret and having friendship with God because he's the only one who knows. I had never experienced that until I took God at his word. Now it's fun. Ways, ways that like, oh, I can, I can serve in secret. I can bless this person and I'm not going to tell anyone. They won't even know it was me. But God will. And God and I are going to be closer than we've ever been because I'm obeying him. And there's this intimacy that comes from obedience. See, students, I want that for you. I want you to experience that closeness with God that only comes from following his example, not perfectly, but dedicatedly. See, students, I'm calling you to that. Washing feet, this was the ultimate act of service is usually a task reserved for non-Jewish slaves. And in a culture where people, where people walked long distances on dusty roads, it was a gnarly job, right? And so that would have been enough that Jesus decided to wash his disciples' feet, but it goes further than that. You know why it goes further than that? Do you know whose feet Jesus washed? His 12 disciples. You know who was one of them? Judas. It's hard enough for me to imagine serving someone to the point of washing their feet. Can you imagine washing the feet knowing that someone's going to betray you or has betrayed you? And you don't just not attack them. You don't just stay neutral, but you pick up a towel and you wash their feet. The, the almighty God of all creation took on flesh and picked up a towel to wash the feet of his betrayer. That's a, that's a good God. That's a really good God. And that's the God whose example we're called to follow. And see, students, you're not going to feel like it until you feel it. <laughs> right? You need to step out in faith and, tr and obey God, and you'll experience this intimacy, this closeness with him. He calls us to do the same. So where are we now? We're seeking to remain in Jesus as we go through our lives. One of the ways we remain is by doing what Jesus did, not just believing what he said. And in this story, the example that Jesus set was being the servant of all. Usually, if you're anything like me, according to your flesh, sometimes we spend a lot of my time calculating, 
kind of like my rank, when something needs to be done and I don't want to do it, kind of like, oh, well, I don't need to do it because I'm an upperclassman, or I'm older than them, or I'm a captain on the team, I'm the older sibling, I'm the section leader, or whatever, so that we don't have to do things. Jesus flips that entirely. If there was ever someone who should not have washed someone's feet, it was Jesus. He says, don't get confused. I'm the king, and I'm showing you what that looks like in my kingdom. So, see, students, it's a very simple question. How are you going to do the things Jesus did? Specifically tonight, I'm asking you, how are you going to pick up the towel and start serving? It could look like a million things, and we're going to talk a lot about it in life group. That's what we have life group for to not just hear good ideas, but to let God's good news change our lives, <laughs> right? And so see, students, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, how are you going to pick up the towel, take God at his word, follow his example, and remain with him? Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for being close to us tonight. God, I pray that as we go into life groups, you would give us just ideas from your Holy Spirit, of ways that we can put this into practice. God, I pray that you would uh, foster just uh, a trust and a love amongst our groups and that you would lead us to greater and greater love for you, love for each other, and devotion to your kingdom. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.